Welcome to Welcome to Joyosity. I'm Jen Whitmer. I'm a speaker, consultant, and joy bringer, helping you create positive culture with complex people. Because listen, that's all we got. I'm thrilled you were here. So get yourself ready. Grab your multiple beverages, get your speaker, your headphones connected so we can dive in. True leadership requires more than just surface level strategies. It requires a profound connection to everything that makes us human. Each week, I have conversations with experts and leaders and you. If you're listening live, introduce yourself in the comments. Let us know where you are in the world and maybe what's in that mug on your desk. We're connecting as humans, remember? These conversations aren't just fun banter and information. Joyosity is so much more than a live show and a podcast. It's a movement, a space where we dare to explore the depths of our own hearts and minds, a liminal space where you are free to play around and beta test your own growth, sort of like a test kitchen lab for your leadership skills. It's where you discover that real joy has deep roots, a playground to find the hidden truths, the ideas waiting to be explored, and the untamed potential that lies within you. We're not just hanging out in idea land. We're talking about the best actions that develop you as a person and hone your skills as a leader. If you're an experienced leader or just starting out, Joyosity is the community for you. Join us every Monday live at 1 p.m. Eastern on LinkedIn and YouTube for a dose of inspiration and practical advice. Whether you are live in the comments or catching the podcast later, we're here to help you create a place where work is a joy, people are whole, and organizations flourish. Let's go. I was having coffee with a friend one day and we are at this little coffee shop and she's telling me this story about this day at work that made her change her life. And she said, he told me to leave that at the door and not to bring that into the office. This is a C-suite executive whose child was going to the hospital. This depth of major difficulty in this woman's life. And somebody said, you can't bring that to work. And I was shocked. I was totally shocked because this was a place that said, we really care about our people and we want to make sure that you're cared for and that we are for you and everything that you do, except when something happens that impacts, you know, our bottom line, because I can't figure out how to do that. And it was, it was terrible. And it caused her to leave that organization. And she ended up moving to another, another place and designing the perfect job for herself, actually, and and really being able to impact the culture because that's what fit her values. And I was thinking about that conversation when my friend Kristen Thompson Polker was like, I think I'd like to talk about this on your podcast. And I was like, yes, this will be so good. And so Kristen was not the friend in that conversation, but she is a woman in the financial industry. And she has an amazing story to share about being a change agent. And what does it take to be a change agent um, that's true to you and true to your values, but also is part of being a great leader in an organization that wants to thrive? So I am so excited to introduce you to Kristen. And here she is. Hello. Hello, hello. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So give the people a little bit of who you are and how you got here. Yes. Um, again, thanks so much. So 
Um, I'm a financial advisor in St. Louis. And I think that my story relates to that change from the jump because I actually studied mathematics. <laughs> I, yeah, I bring that up because studying mathematics um, for anyone listening on the pod or anything, I'm, I'm an African-American woman. So I always used to people not looking like me. Mm-hmm. So when I was studying mathematics, trying to figure out in college, what do I want to do with that? Um, kind of stumbled into financial advising might be a way to combine my interest with the ability to help people. The fact that I didn't see a lot of people that looked like me doing this, um, that I hadn't didn't even know about it before, didn't deter me because I, because of what I was studying, I was already used to that. Yeah. Um, so it really was just a matter of, can I be successful? And, and the firm I chose, I work with Renaissance Financial. Um, I knew it would have the tools to help me thrive and survive. And every day on the job, it was it was matching that expectation. I, w- I was feeling fulfilled and challenged, and uh, that led to where I am now. Yeah. And so tell me, how long again have you been at Renaissance? Uh, 12 years now, yeah. a little over 12 years. Yeah. yeah. A long time. I think I bring that up because I, I think that will be important as we talk about an organization living by their values, because this is the firm that you chose and you have been there 12 years. That is in my experience, unusual in your experience. Is that unusual? Oh, oh yeah. The amount of years I have who have had several different jobs. Uh Um, I mean, even when my husband was changing jobs at one point, um, I was said, I can't really help you with the interview. I haven't done an interview and updated my resume in a work sense. And you know, a lot, like 13 years. So yeah. I was not very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you were helpful in all kinds of other ways. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm just kind of curious if you're listening live in the comments, is that idea of being someplace for so long exciting to you? Or is that like, oh, I don't even know what to do with that. That's kind of a, an yeah. interesting uh, perspective in the workforce. Yeah. So what we really wanted to talk about today is this idea of being a change agent. I know I have been in a toxic work culture before. Mm-hmm. I um, have been in amazing work cultures before. And I I work now, you know, as a speaker and a consultant to help people create positive culture yeah. with the complex people that come our way. And sometimes <laughs> we get stuck in the system or we get stuck because people say, eh, that's how it's always been. Yeah. So how have you approached the idea of creating change and being a change agent. Yes. Um, and, you know, I think it's funny. You're like, I've worked in this atmosphere, this atmosphere. And even though I've been here 12 years, it's been all of those as well. No. <laughs> um, <Yes. laughs> yes, yes. But with that said, you know, when I first it came into the business at, at 2223, you're, you're just soaking it all in. It, you're, <laughs> you're a sponge. And I, I certainly was told to be a chameleon and I would and I was mm-hmm. able to adjust to what other people were doing and I was trying to uh, be like the guys I'm, I'm putting air quotes around that because I don't want it to be that I ever denied who I was as a woman in the mm-hmm. sense of I was never trying to do this and you know talking about football when I, I don't know anything about football I was never <laughs> doing that uh-huh. but at the same time I wasn't necessarily embracing my femininity either mm-hmm. um and I found that not bringing my whole self was hurting my success in the business. Yeah. And yeah. so um, a female colleague took me under her um, wing and really 
kind of said, you gotta, you gotta, you have the ability to carve your own way. That's one reason why you chose this firm because you can do that. And by doing that, I really leaned into first, it was that I enjoy working with women. So that was me engaging and leaning into my femininity. I'm, I'm gonna wear dresses to work. I mean, someone even told me once to cut my hair because I, I wouldn't have been taken that seriously because of age, but just lean mm. into this is who I am and showing up. And by leaning into that and always finding success doing that, it became that that Gandhi quote, I think it's Gandhi, be the change you want to see mm. in the world. Yeah. And as I started to have struggles in my personal life, I kept them away because that's what you do. I feel like that's the traditional corporate environment. Mm -hmm. Like you said, with your story and the woman in coffee, leave that at home. Um, but then I wasn't being my whole self and I couldn't then be the best to my clients. So it was risky and scary, but I started to share my challenges. And what I found was it opened up so many more conversations and actually deepened my relationships and um, earned me a lot more respect that I was having all this going on at home and still showing up, you know? Yeah. That's so, I mean, there's so many pieces in there <laughs> I, I want to pull out. Like it's, it's really so good. And to hone in on the idea that it was risky and it was scary, but yeah. it was also to, to bring your whole self and really share some challenges. But the result was that it actually made you better at your work. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, if you're listening, I just want you to think for a second, you know, is it scary at your place to be the woman among the dudes? Is it scary to be the dude amongst the women in, yeah. in that switch? Is right. it scary to be the only black woman? Is it scary to be who, whichever place that you're in, right. you feel like you can bring your whole self? Like, I'm, right. I'm asking you the people, you know, what do you think? Yeah. Um, and so, because I think your story is so powerful when you when we connect to that, like, oh, this is where that's scary for me. Mm -hmm. um, and the thing that you were starting to struggle with, I think is a particularly taboo subject often yeah. in the workplace. So I'm just gonna yeah. let you share that, share what started in your life as you've been there 12 years, started in your 20s, you're in your 30s. Uh, you're yeah, yeah. What's happening? <laughs> right, so to give some background, um, so started in my 20s and I think the things that made me great at this job were the things that were holding me back in my personal life in the sense of um I, I had not I personally had nothing but time in my 20s. Okay. Um I was I was single, I soon lived by myself, so I could give everything to my job. Mm. And then I um got married, but it did make dating hard for a minute to be a woman who was so committed to work. Um that I found a wonderful partner who appreciated and respect that in me. And then naturally we wanted to grow a family and we struggled with infertility and it's taboo because I think there's a stigma about a woman not being able to do the one thing kind of your body's supposed to do. Um, I think it's a stigma to be a woman sharing. I'm thinking about doing something that takes out a lot of women of the workforce and I'm putting out there that I'm, I'm doing it. Um, and then, uh, and then honestly, it was a struggle just because, and this relates to the eight, like I, I don't fail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as an Enneagram eight, so the Enneagram is a personality framework yeah, and the types yeah. are labeled by numbers if you're new and the Enneagram eight is like, um, we're doing this thing. Yeah. I'm not going to be vulnerable about it and we're going to win. Yeah. And so, gosh. All of that means I don't fail. That's really hard. Yeah. It was the first time in my life 
that I had done everything you're supposed to, quote unquote, supposed to, as in um, taking care of my myself, um, you, you know, learning the hormones, tracking and all those things you were supposed to, and nothing was working. And I'm saying nothing was working as far as our, our infertility. Um, it just, it, it was, it was not getting there. And that was very hard to accept. It was hard to deal with. It was hard to process. Um, because how do you ask for help with this one thing? And how do you, um, emotionally deal with that? It, but at some point and continue to work because and continue and continue to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mentioned the continue to work thing because at some point and I, I'm, I might, this might be starting to get out of order, but I, I think it's important. At some point I wanted to talk about it because the more I had to give grace to myself, the more I learned to try and be helpful to clients and colleagues and try and give grace to them. Mm-hmm. And with um, infertility, what I was finding was that I kind of lost my train of thought here. So I'm going to stop there on that. I think that's really good because what you, what you've discovered is, okay, I have done this really hard thing that is antithetical to what I've always been. Yeah. Like I, I'm not going to be vulnerable. I'm not going to share, Yeah. but, and I want, and this is deeply personal. It's yeah. weird. Cause you're like, I'm tracking hormones and things oh, yeah. that we just don't talk about oh, in yeah. general. Yeah. And especially not at work when we're talking about finances, yeah. you know, that can seem so weird. Uh-huh. And yet you made that leap because you started giving compassion to yourself. Yeah. Then the extension of that is that made you compassionate to people that you work with. Yes. Who doesn't want to work with people that is are more compassionate. Right. Like nobody wants to have the opposite of that. Right. So how did that, how did you then start to share that? And you saw these results of compassion being spread. How did you then continue when it still didn't work again? Yeah. Right. (laughs) I mean, I'm kind of giving away a little story. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, so to give um, anyone who had, doesn't know my story background. So we were actually trying to conceive for three years for three full years. The first year um, struggled and pushed in silence. Mm-hmm. Um, it was end of the pandemic going into the new year. And so where I'm going with that, it was it was easier to hide. But as we all started to emerge a little bit more, I didn't, I didn't feel like I was being as present. So I first started by sharing only with colleagues, not sharing with clients, but sharing with colleagues because frankly, what I think is underrated and why this has become such a passion of mine, because I can't imagine if I had a job where I had limited PTO, but frankly, because I needed to go to appointments. Mm-hmm. I needed to go to the doctor's office. I needed to be available. I needed to be able to give myself shots. I mean, at the deepest part, at most, we, we I mean, because my husband would help me give, give me shots. We were doing maybe four different shots a day at okay. most. that have to happen at a certain time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you go to an appointment every other day to to track all that. Um, So first I started internally just to say, hey, no, I can't do a mean at this time. And here's what's going on. Because Mm -hmm. I need this. So so that's how it started. Um, And then slowly it morphed to not sharing with clients every detail because there there is that level of of respect you're coming in for me i mean imagine going to your doctor your doctor starts blabbing about their own problems Um, right you you know um but but again started to share that passion because i would have clients who were adopting who were trying to save money for surrogacy Mm -hmm. and be able to say hey i i did this too 
here's the actual cost that you might endure. And here's the space you need to save for yourself, you know? Um, so it, it, it felt really good to be able to be there. And the last thing I'll say about this, I remember my train of thought, it also felt important to me to share because I personally believe that women, when we're going through this, we can be so hard on ourselves and we see the image of the woman who just gave back, who just gave birth and immediately went back to work or was doing emails right. from the bed. So mm -hmm. I also wanted to share to relieve other women of that pressure. Yeah. Work ended up being my sanctuary because I felt like it was the one thing I could do right. Mm -hmm. But it almost felt like, and the more I'm being transparent, I'm doing this for my mental health, the more I wanted to give other women the freedom. So if that's not going to do it for your mental health, you need to give yourself that that space because you're not you're not doing anyone a good service. You're not going to be a good colleague. You're not going to be a good employee um, yeah. if you're not doing that. Yeah, that's so good because you know we have. I mean, just even imagine not this super weighty emotional thing, the idea of a family and all of that. Just any other medical condition, yeah. you know, yeah. like where you have to have medication or you have to right. have regular appointments or even mental health struggles, which also have some taboo in the workplace, right. you know? Right. Um, and I, I'm really curious as you like want to give other people freedom and you wanted to share, what was some of your filtering? Cause I can hear the naysayers are like, well, I mean, I don't want to share everything. How do you know? And they're like, yeah. ah, I don't know what to do. How yeah. did you decide here's what's really important for somebody to know. And here's what I'm going to keep, not secret, but private. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm a big believer in um, once you do put anything out there, you got to be okay with it being out there. So let's start, <laughs> let's start there. It's just wise words. Yeah. Wise words. Right. Um, <laughs> and then, and then the other thing that I started to believe is these things are only a big deal of it's sorry, not a big deal. Cause this is a major deal. Um, they're awkward if you make it awkward. And so as simple as it is, if I were to say, oh, and before our next meeting, I really got something important to tell you, that adds a lot more weight uh -huh. to than me saying, I can see you in two weeks. I'm going to tell you though, I might have to push that meeting back if I'm coming late from a doctor's appointment, I'm going through IVF. Just, just, yeah. It's, it's almost by normalizing how I talked about it, it gave the topic room to be normal. Mm -hmm. And you you know, you can do it that way you will. And some people um, engaged in it more and some people didn't. And that wasn't, you know, I think sometimes we put the onus on ourselves to decide how other people are gonna feel. Um, and that wasn't, that yeah. was not, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, you know, this is where it is. If you wanna talk about it more, I'm comfortable talking about it more because I clearly just brought it up. You yeah. don't want to talk about it. You don't want to talk about it. But I, I have this thing, and and you know, you know the right people. There, there are still probably some people that I wouldn't have said anything. Mm -hmm. Um, but but I'm gonna be honest. That number was limited. I kind of knew that I surround myself not only in colleagues, clients, and family and friends that are gonna accept me fully for me. So I, I didn't have a lot of people that didn't share anything with at all. Yeah. But sometimes, but, yeah. you know. But that was how I did it. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, I think, you know, one of the gifts of the eight is kind of just to the point, like, what's the bottom line, honey? Like, <laughs> yeah. that's just who, you know, Enneagram eights are as an, and that actually is a freedom in this case. Like, yeah. I might have to do this because of XYZ. Yeah. 
And yeah. it's just like, okay. And like, right. if we don't make it awkward. I think, as you said, the other thing is we try to control how other people feel. Yeah. Uh, we also try to control how they think about us. Yeah. And like, we can't control the narrative in their own mind. Yeah. And that is like, we get all kinds of caught up in, I mean, I do it. I catch myself all the time. I'm like, I cannot control the narrative in their head about me. Right. And it's really hard. And I think one of the other things when we were chatting, um, earlier about this is that the idea of making it okay for others. Yeah. And, and you had this really great picture of a door. Can you just talk a little bit about that of like why this also became important to you in sharing, not only because you got to bring your whole self, it made you a better employee, colleague and partner with your clients, but there was another opportunity. Yeah. I, unfortunately I did not come up with this quote. <laughs> I can't remember who I heard it from, but it was this, it was this concept of, um, for every door I open, which in that case, that door for me was normalizing this conversation with being a professional woman at my firm who had this going on, who was openly growing her family and still, still growing, still moving up production wise. As I opened the door for those conversations and the, those moments, leaving the door open behind me. Um, is the is the quote that I got from someone else, and it was just the idea of one thing that kept me saying no share, no share, no share, is thinking about the next person and their comfort level with sharing. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do think that this relates to being an eight. <laughs> yeah. is, is that level that of, underdog? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I'm 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 loud and, and in your face to my detriment sometimes, admittedly. Uh, but it's but it's also because in the back of my mind there's going to be those uh, my husband's a nine and those threes and just other people who are a little bit quieter so I'm I'm kind of doing it doing it for them yeah yeah showing the way oh it's so beautiful and I just want to keep talking uh, because our time is coming to an end but oh, I please. I know but, so I know it is so quick but we can't leave without you telling us the end of your family story I was I was gonna say and then and then in the end after three years of struggling. Um, actually having to do two retrievals, three rounds of IVF. Um, I am three months postpartum. We had our daughter, Olivia, Margaret, um, continuing to change my life and help me grow. But yes, it, did, it didn't end successfully. And I don't negate that blessing as well. Yeah. I mean, walking through three years of joy and grief and disappointment and excitement and anticipation and all, I mean, there's just a roller coaster of... Yeah emotions and things and and you handled it so beautifully so Thank beautifully you. and just watching from afar and close up in some ways and um so great and i'm i'm so appreciative of that you took the boldness to say things like that in your own firm, but also to come and say, Hey, I'm a professional woman in a, in a, on a podcast in a, in yeah. a professional space. You wrote a great article on LinkedIn about it. And I think it really does keep that door open. And so Thank really you. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, we just, I'm just so excited and I can't wait to meet Liv. We haven't seen each other yet. So. Yes. yes, yes. <laughs> I can't wait for her to meet you too. Uh, but thank you. Thank you for the platform. It's also friends and contacts like you who are helping me with this passion. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And like, as Erica is saying, so many people struggled and felt the need to keep quiet and <laughs> bring our whole selves. And that, yeah. and it doesn't mean, like you said, you kept moving up in production doesn't yeah. mean that our work suffers and it actually helps. So yeah. thank you for being so willing to share. Um, oh, I just want to keep talking. Okay. So yeah. next week on Joyosity, we're here um, with Kwame Christian. He is a negotiation expert. He is 
a hilarious human and just a, a just a brilliant man. And we're going to be talking about the stories that we tell ourselves during conflict and negotiation. So be sure to join us next week. Cannot wait to see you here. So bye, everybody. Bye. So let me put my coach hat on for just a sec. Don't just leave this here. Take a moment. What did you learn? What's your next tiny action step? Share this episode with someone and tell them. Connect with us to keep this conversation going. As always, I'm Jen Whitmer. Thank you for listening to Joyosity. I don't take for granted that your earballs have a lot of information coming at you. Please take a moment to rate and subscribe. It really helps more people join us in creating positive culture with complex people. So work is a joy, people are whole, and organizations flourish. Can't wait for you to join us next week.